This is Crucial Tech, a podcast about technology that affects all of us in a format that allows you to consume it in the time it takes to go to and from the grocery store. I'm your host, Lou Covey, and I probably know more about it than you do. And if I don't, I know someone who does. But first... So, we're going to revisit a subject that uh, we've talked about in the past. It's uh, public key infrastructure and certificate authority. And boy, does that sound boring. It is. Uh, It's ubiquitous. We're all touched by it. uh, And none of us really know that the stuff is there or what it's doing. And it's kind of important that we do know this because every once in a while you're going to see something pop up on your screen uh, that says uh, this certificate has expired and you don't know what to do about it. Well, what you do is you just want to click allow because that's going to uh, recertify uh, your device. But this goes on not just on your computer or on your uh, digital device. It's going on everywhere. It's going on in your car multiple times a day. It's going on in your landlines. It's going on in your routers. These are things that protect us. But sometimes they expire. And when they expire, if they aren't uh, maintained by the manufacturer, then it gets bad because that becomes an attack, uh, an attack vector for a hacker. And they are looking for these things all the time. That's essentially what happened with the SolarWinds hack. As luck would have it, uh, one of the companies who are involved in this issue uh, is a company called Prime Key. They're in San Mateo, California, just up the road from the Crucial Tech Lair. And we decided to uh, give them a flyer and see what they wanted to say. And we uh, got a chance to talk to Harry Haramus, the uh, GM of Prime Key. And what Prime Key focuses on is mostly industrial IoT. Uh, And that's uh, for companies that are doing multiple uh, thousands, possibly millions of certificates for the various systems. You know, if, if you have uh, a, a, a new car, there are dozens of computers in that car that are, are talking to each other and going back and forth. And if one of those uh, computers has a, a, a certificate that has expired, then it can become dangerous. Uh, it can become a, an attack vector that people can take over your car and they can infect all of the systems. So let's go to the interview with Harry uh, right now. So uh, we're, we're talking about uh, companies that use millions, of, that, are selling, that need millions of certificates. But one of the, the things about certificates that has been talked about, uh, they've been, they're also a major security flaw uh, because some of these certificates are put into place for years decades, centuries, and they never get changed. And those are the things that uh, uh, hackers like to find because they can enter in and change your code uh, once they've found an expired certificate or, or a, an old certificate that they've been able to compromise. How do you fight against that? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, it, this is all about uh, automating the provisioning um, and the, the life cycle of these certificates. So if I uh, am a, a medical device manufacturer, for example, um, there's a lot I have to worry about on this device. Um, so I have to worry about the, the firmware on these devices. I have to worry about the whole inventory management and life cycle of this, of this device. Let's say I provide this device to, to hospitals and they put one in every patient's room. 
you know, there's a lot of um, management that has to be done on a, on a, uh, to, to manage all of these devices. Certificate is just one extra piece. So, um, so what, what, we what we provide is the ability for uh, a management system that, that, uh, uh, that you know, one of these device manufacturers might, might have that they sell along with their infusion pumps, for example, that management system then uses an API and, uh, and requests certificates from our solution. So it, it requests, uh, it either requests or it renews or it revokes. Let's say the device was stolen or the device is taken out of rotation. Um, you know, it's tech refreshed or whatever it might be, um, uh, or there was a breach or something like that, the, the device could be revoked. So, so really, um, this is all about having very short lifespans. Uh, it, it is not the, the multi-year approach. We really recommend short-lived certificates. Um, like how long? And we really recommend, re, re, you know, rotating those frequently. How long? Uh, you know, in some cases, this is weeks. Uh, okay. So, you know, it's very common to see a, a, a use case where a certificate has one week lifespan or one month lifespan. Okay. And you even and, renew more frequently than that, actually. So you, re okay. you renew kind of 50% into its, its lifespan. Now, do you do any work with small to medium businesses or are you just looking at large enterprises? So PKI is applicable uh, all over the map, but we, our, our typical customer is a large, uh, is, is a large company. So it's a, it's a company that has, that has products and they have um, a real kind of product team and you know, where, when I talk to a customer, um, uh, you know, there's a couple things that I look for to, to know whether this will be a successful relationship. Um, and one of the things I look for is, do they take this seriously, right? Do they uh, have, you know, are they planning to have the in-house expertise to, uh, for example, you know, know how to secure their product? So, um, you know, I, again, uh, I use the, the medical device manufacturer, um, example, just because, you know, lives and, and money potentially are at stake there, mm -hmm. right? It's important. Um, so um, if, if you're a, a product company that makes a medical device and you're, you, you don't have expertise internally on how to secure this product, you're probably not going to be successful. If you think that you're just going to write a check to, to a company like, like Prime Key and your problem solved, um, there's a lot to it, right? So PKI and code signing are two aspects. But what about the physical security? Um, if somebody can, you know, quote unquote, jailbreak this device by, you know, taking it apart and, you know, physically glitching some parts of the device um, to, to break its, its security, then, you know, code signing and certificates and all that stuff, you know, kind of goes out the window at that point. So it's a multifaceted problem and, and it has to be taken very seriously by the uh, buyer target customer. Okay, so you so you're looking at c companies that not only uh, have large manufacturing issues, but uh, are are also willing to hire somebody to to do the work properly. Yeah, I would say that's a true statement. Yeah, and that's kind of a problem since there. Are, I think the last thing I saw was there are a million open job wrecks for digital security jobs in the United States. Uh, there are a lot of jobs and not a lot of people uh, ready to take them. So uh, how do we go about through a company like yours 
encouraging people to realize you need to hire somebody to help you? Yeah, that's a good question. It's, huh? <laughs> it's a great it's it's a tough question. I mean, that's our challenge. I mean, uh, you know, how do you you know, we go on, uh, we, I talk to customers on a daily basis. Um, and, you know, how do you how do you approach this without offending them, right? Um, yeah. W- without scaring them, without having them kind of go away and go to another company that doesn't tell them the truth and, you know, might sell them uh, a solution that, you know, ends up not, not flying in the end. So, you know, I think it's an education process. Uh, I think that they appreciate the, the deep, you know, expertise that, that we bring and they, uh, they, they, they tend to basically, um, we tend to win them over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I will tell you that there are situations where, um, you know, we, the, 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 the relationship, you know, doesn't come to fruition because, you know, the, the first question out of the customer's mouth is how much will this cost? And that's a red flag. Um, at that point, you know, may, maybe it's not, maybe it's best, uh, um, you know, to, to not proceed. So, <laughs> with, with so, that, right? so your philosophy is if you have to ask how much it costs, you can't afford it. I think you're looking at it wrong. If you ask <laughs> how much it costs, you, you're probably, you, you might have your priorities, you know, so how much does it cost when you're, um, when, when your brand name is, is, is stained, right. Is, is mm-hmm. associated with a massive breach. Um, how much does it cost when you are, are hit with fines, um, because you, you know, you didn't comply with HIPAA, um, regulations, for example, um, you know, h- how much does it cost when you lose customers because, because of, you know, your security of your solution isn't, isn't up to par. So you have to kind of look at it that way. Um, mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, I would also say that, um, things typically work out because when they, when we do come to the pricing discussion, that it's no doubt not, it's not avoidable. Uh, my, my point is, you know, as long as it's not the first question asked, right. But we do come to that point, and, and I have to say that we um, probably price our stuff far too low. Um, so we, you know, we come at it. We, we basically have a meeting with a customer, and the first thing they say is, you know, we just talked to your competitor X Y Z, and you know, they they, they uh, are asking way too much. Um, they're asking millions. Um, it comes to us and we're, you know, in the hundreds of thousands of dollars range typically. Um, so uh, I, I think they're pleasantly surprised um, by the time they're, they're, they're done with the pricing discussion um, that we have. So let's go back to, rather than talk about the, the, the financial aspect of it, let's talk about the the proper application, because I mean, there are a lot of companies in this area, uh, but uh, we were talking earlier that there's a difference between what PrimeKey does and what somebody like say, Sectigo does, and that Sectigo is more a public certificate authority and you are a private certificate authority. Uh, Does that affect uh, the, the type of customer that is going to be using these products? Yeah. It does. That's a fair question. And it's probably safe to say that um, that most customers need both. Um, so they have use cases that need public CAs. So they have, you know, internet facing infrastructure, they have web servers, um, uh, things of that nature that are, you know, are, are based, the audiences are the browsers and the smartphones out on the internet. So those, 
you know, for that infrastructure, they do need the public CAs. Um, for the now for the private infrastructure, which is, uh, you know, so take, for example, an auto manufacturer. They have two sides of, of, of things. They have the, the public side where you go to their, their website and you, you log in as a user or use the app and you log in as, as a user to, you know, basically control your car or whatever it might be, right? Control the, you know, get information about your vehicle, things like that. Um, and, those, and that's the public CA side. The, now the private side is the actual certificate in the car the certificate that's used to sign the firmware in the car, uh, the, the certificate for the cars to talk to the other cars or the cars to talk to the infrastructure. You know, imagine a future where your car is self-driving, you, you get on the, you get on 101 and your car is just talking to the infrastructure and it's just basically driving along a, at an exact 60 miles an hour with exactly one car length um, between every car, right? Mm. That stuff all takes certificates and that should all be private certificates. Th those are not uh, something that a public CA would 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 provide. Okay. So, on a user level, should the private citizen be concerned about this kind of stuff, or is it, or, or is there something that uh, that the private citizen can do if they should be concerned? What can they do to make sure that they're they're properly secured through this kind of technology? Yeah. <laughs> Another good, good question, huh? <laughs> great question. Um, yeah, I, I would say that the consumer space is is not the, the area that I'm an expert at. Um, yeah. And and definitely not the space that I that I uh, OK, that I'm going to I'm going I'm to cut that question out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, I, I have a lot of respect for the consumer space that that's uh, and I, I know I have enough respect to know that I don't know enough about it. Okay, so let's back this up. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you a softball here. So how long has prime key been around? 2002 is when prime key uh, was was formed. Okay. And yeah, we spent about we spent the first 10 years um, with our uh, community edition and which is still available. But you can go to uh, the community to, edition to, is an open source, correct? Exactly. Yeah. It's free open source uh, of our uh, PKI software, which is called uh, ready for this EJBCA. So you can go to EJBCA.org and download our community edition or our second product, the sign server, which is our, uh, you know, digital signature software code signing for, for example. And that is signserver.org. Uh, so that's been around since 2002, um, and you know around the 2010-ish timeframe, we uh, we broke off a, the enterprise edition of our solution. So those are it's basically the community plus uh, enterprise functionality. So I would say, you know, add, a, add about another delta of 15% functionality, and you have our enterprise editions, um, and that would be. Uh, available at primekey.com. So there you would see EGBCA Enterprise, Sign Server Enterprise, and these are where a, where a company can, you know, build a relationship with PrimeKey, get a support contract, and have the access to all the the features that you would get from uh, from an enterprise solution. Okay, excellent. That was Harry Haramis uh, from PrimeKey, and uh, talking about something that most of us probably wouldn't have any uh, business buying. But we do buy products that would use that service. 
and it might be something that you might want to ask before you go ahead and contract with someone about how they are securing those certificates. Uh, they, everyone is touched by this, and uh, it's something that we need to, to consider as we go forward. Uh, just forewarned is forearmed, is as far as I'm concerned. So that's been this episode of Crucial Tech. Uh, if you have any questions or concerns, uh, you can contact me at footwashermedia.com slash contact, or you can uh, go to the anchor.fm site, uh, and uh, or actually anchor.fm slash crucial tech, and there will be a button where you can leave an audio uh, comment or question and uh, might be able to use that in a future show. So uh, thanks for joining us, and we look forward to uh, our next episode, which is going to be going into a series about a very boring subject. <laughs> uh, it's going to be about the supply chain. Again, this is something that affects us all, and uh, we've seen some of the issues about supply chain, just as we've been watching the news out of Egypt with the container ship Evergreen that has been stuck there and has cost billions of dollars of revenue for companies around the world and has delayed the uh, delivery of things like toilet paper to Sweden. <laughs> um, and no, we're not entering into another uh, time. We're not, we're not going to be able to buy toilet paper, so don't go out and do that. Uh, it's just that everything about the supply chain affects us all, and we're going to take a look at specifically the supply chain of the semiconductor industry. So uh, come back uh, for the next episode. This has been Lou Covey, and this is a Footwasher Media production. <laughs>